Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey folks, Tony Segretto here. You know, since day one, Catholic Health Services has been part of old school. And since we've started letting people know about them, it's changed their lives. You see, Catholic Health Services, while being recognized as one of the top places for stroke rehab in the country, it's also about a group of people who not just excel in what they do, from the doctors to the nurses to the therapist, on and on and on. It's how they do what they do every single day that separates them from the pack. They do it with a passion, unmatched, and the inclusion of family in every step of the process. Trust me when I tell you this. If you want the best unmatched rehab with a special group of skilled, caring people, there is truly only one place, and that one place is Catholic Health Services. Welcome to another edition of After Hours with Tifo and Luby. I'm Jeff DeForest along with Mike Luby Lubitz. And it's uh, difficult to analyze the inner workings of the mind of a madman, but uh, we're going to try and delve into that uh, a little bit here today as uh, it was uh, just wild speculation. And all you saw for a couple of days uh, through the weekend and into Monday was uh, rampant speculation and all kinds of theories and philosophies and ideas about what on earth uh, Kyrie Irving of the Brooklyn Nets was thinking and what were the Nets thinking with, with regard to uh, possibly doling out a, a huge wad of cash for a guy that played like 29 games for him uh, in the last uh, season and uh, has been a known flake. And a guy that you just don't know, uh, you know, where on earth his head could be. He thought the earth was flat. So obviously, if he was uh, sailing with Columbus, he would not have been a good teammate at that point. Uh, trying to discourage the others from going. Uh, and, uh, you know, we've, we've asked uh, many authorities about Kyrie Irving, including, uh, you know, the, the great uh, astronomer, Neil deGrasse Tyson. And he said, hey, listen, the guy's a basketball player. We're talking about uh, basketball. I'm interested in what he has to say. Uh, otherwise, uh, you know, his ideas are a little bit far-fetched. Now, uh, there was a, a, a theory out there that uh, Kyrie Irving might end up as a member of the Miami Heat. And that was being wildly and widely proliferated by uh, many people in the press. And I, I guess uh, anybody that was uh, capable of spreading a rumor. And uh, that, that seemed like an odd fit. So, so nobody better to talk to about this than a man who himself is immersed in heat culture. I mean, just a hard-working <laughs> son of a gun who's going to get the job done and is not uh, all about, uh, you know, there, there's uh, no I in team, as the saying goes. Uh, just just a great, great guy and a tremendous columnist, uh, the great Dave Hyde from the uh, South Florida Sun Sentinel joins us here on After Hours. Uh, David, how are you, my friend? Well, Defo, there's no I in team, but there's – me and I in media, and that's how we work, right? It's, it's all about us. <laughs> that explains a lot, actually. <laughs> all right. I mean, uh, how much attention did you pay to this story, and uh, what kind of legs did it have that the Heat were somehow in a position? I mean, I, I even saw details of a, a proposed trade. Uh, I'm not sure, you know, uh, what kind of foundation that had in truth, because uh, usually NBA trades are nothing like uh, what is reported uh, in the ultimate outcome. But uh, what kind of legs did this story have? Uh, was there ever a possibility, in your opinion, and, and or by uh, your research or knowledge of the situation, that Kyrie Irving uh, was even a possibility of a consideration for Pat Riley to come to the Miami Heat? 
if I were to pick one player who the Heat, who stands for everything the Heat culture doesn't, it'd be yes. Kyrie Irving. I, I mean, he would exactly. be the exact opposite of the player that I, I'd be stunned uh, to the point of has Pat Riley lost his mind? If he, or or all of a sudden he decided to take on the biggest challenge of his career yes. of turning around yes. a, a guy uh, well into his career who's all about himself and not about the team. And I, I mean, people were shocked that Kyrie Irvin opted in at thirty-seven million dollars. Like, is anybody else in the, any team other than maybe a Sacramento just because they can't get anybody else? Would anybody else pay him that? I, I mean, you have to be insane after he's told you who he is time after time, year after year. Um, it, 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 all these rumors of him or speculation coming to the heat was just, uh, just a bunch of nonsense. It did seem far-fetched and uh, highly uncharacteristic, as you said, of uh, A, heat culture, and B, especially – uh, Pat Riley and where he is at right now. Uh, Luby and I were discussing this uh, on our uh, morning show, uh, the Depot show this morning on South Florida Live. And, uh, you know, it, it was uh, the whole idea of, uh, you know, Pat Riley and uh, Jimmy Butler and uh, how that dynamic works. Uh, do you believe that uh, he, he would want Jimmy Butler's input before he made a move of that level of substance, uh, which uh, at one point in the rumor mill was involving Kyrie Irving, but then later on uh, the attention switched to uh, Kevin Durant. But could you see Pat Riley actually consulting a player uh, about making that sort of acquisition? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, the amount of money they make, the amount of uh, investment and, and, and their standing in the team. Yeah. I, I, I mean, we're talking communication with the player. We aren't talking um, that the player is the GM. But sure, you you would want it. That's why some of this stuff I can never understand. Why wouldn't, for instance, the Green Bay Packers consult Aaron Rodgers on offensive yeah. moves? He's he's earned that. And and um, a Jimmy Butler. And again, it isn't do you approve or disapprove? It but be get his input to. Look, you want the player invested in the decision too. You want him on board, uh, so there isn't some, you know, history between, the, uh, you know, a player they're bringing on and, and your star player. So, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you have communication with a player like Jimmy Butler, I would think. Um, and and by the way, if we're talking Kevin Durant and not Kyrie Irving, that's a whole different discussion. Yes. I you, you would want Kevin Durant in a second. I mean, uh, for what he is and, and what he can bring a team. That's a whole different argument. Well, in uh, the uh, just professional way, uh, which uh, we, we, uh, we're talking about the column Mike Vaccaro wrote as a sidebar to uh, Kyrie Irving uh, opting back in with the Brooklyn Nets, and he was talking about how Kevin Durant has been nothing but professional. And yet, uh, I don't know, it's so weird for me, uh, Dave. I don't know how you feel about this. Uh, that people would try to taint Kevin Durant's reputation uh, just based on the idea that they think he wimped out and capitulated to, uh, you know, not necessarily having to be the main catalyst for a team that he was the main catalyst on uh, when he went to Golden State uh, to play with, you know, a club that already had established that they were championship caliber. Yeah, well, certainly nobody in South Florida can can uh, hold that against them considering when LeBron and Wade and, and Chris Bosh got together. I mean, I, I mean, that's the same thing Kevin Durant did in joining Golden State. I, I, I didn't really understand his move away from Golden State. 
I guess everybody has their own career to, to direct. Um, uh, but look, if you could get a Kevin Durant and bring him here, um, you know, that, that, that's a game changer for a franchise. So, I mean, you know, what would it cost and all that, uh, um, is he available would be the first question. Um, but, uh, you know, he's, he's had some odd career decisions at times, but his talent and, and what he's done speaks for itself. Dave, so Fradency officially opens up uh, Thursday, uh, and we've already heard uh, the Knicks machinations trading everyone away possible. We're not even sure if they're bringing people back just so that they can get room for a guy who's a good player in Jalen Brunson, but not, by most estimation, not a game changer. Uh, the Miami Heat, it feels like P.J. Tucker... Uh, the Sixers want him bad enough for giving him the amount of years the Heat really don't want to give him, and he is 37, and he did look banged up a lot of this year, even though he was a huge part of the Heat's success. He was showing his age a lot of the season, so that third year does loom large. What do you think the Heat do? What do you think the Heat need to do to keep pace with the rest of the Eastern Conference? Well, they need scoring. They need another scorer somehow. Uh and you, you saw that at times in the playoffs. And when, when Jimmy Butler wasn't having a big night, um, they were struggling. They need Butler and, and uh, you know, Bam struggled with, with length, you know. and his, So it's, it's like they have some obstacles. Look, P.J. Tucker's a nice player. He's, you can talk of toughness and, and um, you know, bringing a force to a team, a, a mindset. You love that. But let's not get carried away with who he is. I mean, he's, he's um, if they lose him, it's not like, oh, so it, it's dire straits. Um, again, you want him back, but you, you, you don't want to go crazy on a 37-year-old who who's offensively challenged. Um, so, you know, the, the, the Heat, you know, their problems is length on other teams and, and – Let's not pretend Milwaukee won't be better if Chris Middleton is healthy next year in the playoffs. And, and there's there's a team that has great size that presents the Heat problem. So, I mean, if, if P.J. Tucker goes, uh, the four spot becomes your number one priority, obviously. As for the Knicks, I don't understand their infatuation with Brunson. He's a nice player. <laughs> is, he, is, is he the guy who can – you know, is, is he a franchise guy? I guess I haven't seen him enough to see what they're seeing in him to to be going to the lengths they are for him. Well, it's great, too, because they uh, pulled like a Nick Saban where they hired his father to be a coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, that you couldn't be any more obvious about this thing. Should Adam Silver be, uh, you know, uh, thinking about uh, leveling a little tampering charge? Uh, against the uh, I don't know. New York when, Knicks. When Leon Rose, when Leon Rose said, basically, my job hinges on me getting Brunson. Um, yes. A few days ago, that told me, okay, he has Brunson in his the, the palm of his yeah, hand yeah, yeah. to come. Because why else would you say that? Yeah. So, but um, it leads to the larger question of is is Brunson as good as they're saying? I, I, I'm not. Not I, he's obviously a good player. Is is he the the guiding force for a franchise the way they're making them out to be. Uh, they tend to embrace uh, that, that sort of player, though, and, and uh, you know, decide that this is going to be the uh, be-all and end-all, and, and then it doesn't turn out to be the case because uh, it appears, uh, you know, I'm with you, that uh, a good player, Brunson, showed very well. We, we don't know how uh, long he can sustain that level of play, especially if he's the main impetus 
uh, on, uh, you know, somebody's basketball roster. But, uh, you know, uh, going to the Knicks also, uh, you know, for some reason can, can, you know, be tantamount to a little bit of a basketball burial, not quite Sacramento, but it it does seem like uh, a lot of careers go south. And, uh, you know, the team goes with it uh, when uh, a player decides to go to the New York Knicks, who who appeared just, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, maybe, or two seasons back, that uh, maybe they, they had sort of figured something out, but they they certainly regressed uh, this past season. Uh, uh, now, we know that Pat Riley, I, I'm not sure that he's a, a giant draft guy. I guess he was after he drafted Dwayne Wade. But it, it seemed like in general over the years uh, with the Miami Heat, uh, he, he wasn't, you know, all in and, and uh, you know, overwhelmingly invested in, in draft picks and, and would much rather have uh, veteran players. But uh, Luby says uh, they got a guy here. And I, I got all excited on a draft day. I thought they made a draft day trade for uh, Nikola Jokic. And I thought, wow, that's a monster move to get the MVP. But it was a guy named Jovic. And uh, Luby says that this is uh, tantamount to, uh, you know, the time that they acquired on draft day in a trade, Martin Muricep who uh, nobody had any film of. And, and I, I'll never forget this when, you know, people ask, hey, what, what does this Miracep look like? And they had like an artist rendering of Miracep. Nobody had even <laughs> taken a photograph of him before. <laughs> who, who is this kid, uh, Dave? Do we know anything about him? Don't ask. Don't ask. You're, you're asking me. I have no idea. Exactly. You know, he's the 27th. Yeah. He's the 27th. And nobody else had any idea nope. either. Nope. Beyond yes. the, nope. he's the NBA scouts come uh, draft night then all of a sudden everybody's an expert he's a kid shoot he's athletic all this look no no one has any idea and you know what the heat don't have a, a, a clear idea either when you when you're picked 27th you, you're a possibility and the one thing the heat are great at great at is developing players with some skill and and work ethic mm-hmm. um they've proven that and and you know what if, if you're a uh, player who you know, a free agent who feels like you're not getting your your opportunity. The Heat are a great franchise to come to. They'll they'll give you an opportunity, and you can go up and down the roster of the last few years, and uh, from the Max Struces to the uh, Caleb Martins to you know uh, Duncan Robinson, um, you go down the line of and and so look this whoever Jokic is, he'll get his chance. I have no idea who he is though. No clue. Yeah. I mean, it could have been anybody uh, that they picked up there. I I remember I was covering for some reason down at the Miami arena, I want to say a heat draft party when they acquired Muricep. And uh, (laughs) he may have been the greatest mystery man in the history of the NBA draft. I don't even know if he ever showed up in the States. This guy. (laughs) It was it was bad news. All right. uh, One final thing. Uh, Dave Hyde, the Sun Sentinel columnist, South Florida Sun Sentinel. You'll catch his work all over the country and big book coming out with uh, Jimmy Johnson that we want to, you know, also make mention of. But uh, we spent a lot of the last couple of days. um, I saw Serena Williams step out on the court for a doubles match in Eastbourne. And it was the first time back out on the court in a year. And she was obviously using this as some kind of minor tune-up for Wimbledon. But when I saw her come out there, I don't know if she was just wearing some outfit she got at Schmatero in Hallandale. Or, I mean, that that made her look especially heavy. But uh, she could have easily been, uh, as we were saying, the boxer James Lights Out Tony when he went heavyweight after being uh, campaigning in the 150-pound category, 154 for many years. And then all of a sudden he weighs 270. Um I saw no way that she could possibly win a singles match at Wimbledon. She ultimately lost in the first round. But uh, what is your feeling about this? Now, now people who are infatuated when Tiger Woods tried to come back from 
Yet another auto accident and a hideous leg injury, and he played in the Masters, and he played well for like a short period of time, but just didn't have it anymore. Uh, Serena appears to be in that category, just doesn't have it anymore. I mean, what is your feeling about players like that uh, coming out on the court and, you know, giving it another shot, uh, especially after a long layoff and then, you know, being dramatically out of shape? Yeah, I got no problem with athletes get to – especially the great ones get to stage their own uh, ends, you know, however they want. I'm fine yeah. with, I'm not one of these, I'll retire on top or, or this guy should retire. Um, look, it, 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 Serena Williams deserves to whatever exit she wants. I'm fine with, you know, and if she felt the need to come play at Wimbledon and lose in the first round, and, and, you know, she's a mother now, she's 40, uh, but she's, she's earned that. Uh, exit or that that uh, you know if she wants to do that if she wants to come and play the U.S. Open again you know er- everybody's if you're a tennis fan you want to watch her right sort of with Tiger oh, yeah. it's still it, it, you know with Mike Tyson as a boxer he uh, he could come back now and people would pay good money to watch him fight which is uh, you know some some people have that ability that uh, um, but. You know, I'm not one for retiring athletes. They get to pick their exits. Yeah, and uh, there was a chance there that, that she, you know, I, I, I'm I'm not convinced that she thought she was going to win the tournament, but, uh, you know, it, it was certainly a, a platform and a stage that, and a spotlight that the tennis fans uh, welcomed. Uh, it, it was kind of sad to steer, uh, you know, play like that yeah. against uh, a girl that uh, literally she would have mopped the floor with uh, even as recently as a couple of years ago. Uh, you know, it, it, she did look a little bit like Robert De Niro in that movie Grudge Match. I don't know if you ever saw that with uh, Stallone, where, where they're like beyond the geese yeah. and Caesars. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> they're, you know, two Alta Cockers going at it. It looks like, a, you know, a fight that might break out in a basketball game at Century Village. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, that aspect was, was a little bit hard to watch. But, uh, you know, the people certainly loved it. And, you know, I, I suppose you're, you're right. Uh, you know, they don't have necessarily farewell tours in tennis, but if she wants to come back and play a couple of matches like this and, and still, at least she competed yesterday against this uh, young girl who was ranked like 470th in the world. But, uh, <laughs> it, it, I, I, you know, and I'm with you, you know, if she wants to make an exit at the U S open and, and the same result happens, I would imagine she hangs it up after that and uh, goes off into, you know, doing more commercials, uh, which uh, she's now on every one. She's the Peyton Manning of tennis. Uh, Dave, always a pleasure, my friend. When's the book coming out? And uh, is it still on track there? Was that part of your emergency November. this morning? Uh, Jimmy called and said, hey, where's Chapter 7? Yeah. Uh, my, my emergency was a neighbor needed mechanical help. Huh? And you, oh, okay. you really need him in mechanical help if you're calling me. Yeah, so I was... Uh, <laughs> I was uh, <laughs> um book comes out in uh, November. We're just, I just got a text from Bill Belichick last night of his blurb for the book. So, oh, nice. uh, wow. um, well, they're good. Everything is running on course. We're right. We're Did uh, he deny the- knowing Jimmy. I mean, oh, uh, they're like the best press. friends. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a little, a, a little, he, his last line was, and, and he's a damn good fisherman too. And then uh, he said, <laughs> You can you can use or not use that last line if you want. <laughs> oh, very nice, man! You got and permission said, from Belichick I, I to quote yeah, off the record material. That, that That's last nice. Line, 
that last line might go to Jimmy's head a little about being a damn good fisherman. So, <laughs> does Jimmy get skunked every time no. he goes out fishing with Belichick? No, no he, he is a good fisherman, check isn't him he? Out on, yeah, check him out on uh, Twitter or Instagram. He's always posing with with uh, nice fish that he catches. He's a uh, he's uh, he's a good fisherman. He goes out and. and he only, you know, it's interesting. He only uh, trolls. He only, he has to be on the move like anything else yeah. in his life. He doesn't like, uh, you know, reef fishing or backcountry fishing. He's he's motoring yeah. 15 miles an hour for wahoo or or dolphin or whatever. That's what that's his uh, usual game. Yeah, I mean, if uh, he could outsmart Bill Walsh, I mean, uh, he could outsmart some fish. I, I would think. Jimmy Johnson, so, uh, you know, it makes some sense that the coach would be good at this. Uh, Dave, always a pleasure. Uh, now, did you straighten this guy out? What did he need, a, a charged battery or something? Uh, what, what was going on? Did you change the tire for him? Yeah, we, 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 had a little, uh, we had a little battery cable issue to deal mm. with. So, uh, Did you have cables? Because I never have them. It's, it's yeah. all running. It's, it's all running. It's all running now, <laughs> so that's all that matters, right? You put the black one, and <laughs> it right, seems like the go. black one should be the positive, yeah, instead of the negative. It, it goes backwards. Yeah. Now, uh, now, all right, now thanks, Dave. that out. It took a while. All man. right, take hey, care, guys. So Always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks. Thanks for being with us here on After Hours. Dave Hyatt, ladies and gentlemen. No truth to the uh, Kyrie Irving thing, man. Huh? Are, are you a believer nah, in nah, that now? Yeah, well, nah. Mike Lubitz, no truth. It was never happening. Pat Riley would never stand for it. Yeah, no, it made no sense. There's no, that's not a yeah. heat move. That's not a heat move. There's no reason for it. Pat Riley is more likely to jump off the uh, you know upper deck of one of Mickey's cruise ships straight into the Atlantic, head first, to Willuganus, off the top deck of uh, the Ecstasy. <laughs> or be taking Ecstasy before he was going to sign Kyrie Irving to a contract and pay him like $50 million a year. Unbelievable. All right. Uh, we're going to run. And thanks so much, uh, guys, for being with us here today on After Hours with Tifo and Luby. I'm Jeff DeForest. He's Mike Luby Lubitz. July 4th weekend is on tap. It's always a great sporting weekend. And if you followed our conversation from yesterday, you knew to bet against Serena Williams with every dime that you had in your pocket in the first round at Wimbledon. That turned out to be a thriller in Manila. If you had money on that competition uh, with Harmony Tan, who uh, pulled off the upset there. I, I'm not sure what the price was, but it had to be exorbitant and, and way over in terms of uh, an overlay price what you normally would have expected in this match. Because if anything, she should have been favored over a shot fighter like Serena. So uh, I hope you guys cashed a ticket on that. And uh, like we did when we were down 4 nothing in the tiebreaker and also having to stave off uh, Serena serving for the match, no matter what the situation is, especially if you have money riding on it, you got to believe. Hey, folks, Tony Segreto here. Let me ask you a question. What do you look for when you go out to eat? Good food, obviously. Friendly atmosphere, not too loud, but good energy, reasonable prices, and a place where you feel comfortable. All those ingredients, <laughs> no pun meant there, are hard to find unless you're talking about the Texas Roadhouse. You see, they encompass all of those attributes. Really, really good food. Amazing atmosphere. Good for a family, good for a date, or just a night out for yourself, and prices that will make you extremely happy. Their ribs unmatched. Steaks hand-cut every day. Everything, and I mean everything, is made on site, including their incredible bread. It's the one day, folks, that you can forget about low-carb diets. Trust me when I tell you, Texas Roadhouse, your restaurant, your destination, when you say, where should we go and eat tonight? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.